Welcome to In 20XX. This series takes the listener, year by year, into the future. If you like emerging tech, ecotech, futurism, skepticism, apocalyptic survival scenarios, and disruptive science, sit back and enjoy short stories that showcase my research into how the future may play out. When colleges and universities shut down classes and programs across the United States, Kelly spends every free minute following the news. She makes angry posts. She screams in her pillow. She wanders to protests with tear-streaked makeup. The news has a grip on her and it keeps twisting. She isn't in school herself, but many of her friends are or were. How could the GOP want to take down higher education? Do they have any clue how they've sabotaged trillions of dollars of national value? They've set on fire what took America centuries to grow. Other countries are happy to become the lands where new ideas and technologies are born. When she watches the news, she hates the judges who recently joined the Supreme Court. If the judges they replaced weren't killed by drones, the robotics research program at the University of Texas, the best robot program in the U.S., wouldn't have moved to Canada. Never has she felt so infuriated. She hates the current Florida governor who boasts he wants to bring back slavery. She hates the Moms for Freedom who kidnapped a trans boy age 10 and left him outside state lines. When biking home one night, she wonders what would happen if she saw a Moms for Freedom on the street, and instantly she sees herself smashing the fascist's face in with a brick. This bothers Kelly to her core. She's never hated so much. Her new, infuriated self worries her. All her life, her kind heart has been the identity she goes to, but she can't have that mental place to go to and also practice ongoing fury. She attends Anger Anonymous meetings for a while, which sees its numbers increase by five times after SCOTUS outlaws gene therapy and breaks education. In one meeting, someone passes around their anger pillow. The small thing has been through hell, and its owner says, When I'm feeling helpless in the face of hate, I strangle that pillow to death. I know that sounds twisted, but it's the best solution I've found. After the meeting in her apartment, Kelly says, Sarah, search anger pillow. Sarah, her assistant, says, Here you go, baby cakes. Anger pillows available through Giantess appear before her. Shouldn't she make one herself? That's what her sister Crystal would do. An hour later, the pillow arrives. Sitting on her bed, she tries strangling the pillow but feels little interaction. She thinks of all the things in the news that have upset her. A fury grows inside her, and her hands around the pillow gain strength. She says, Sarah, I want to return the anger pillow. Sarah says, sure thing. What's wrong with it? Kelly wipes the sweat from her forehead. She says, it tore in half. Sarah says, oh, Kel, I have a record that it didn't arrive that way. I'm sorry, you can't return it. Kelly stands, walks across the room, and tosses the two pieces of the little pillow in the garbage. Kelly steps out of the salon and holds her fingers out in the sunlight. She says, Sarah, text my sister. I just got skin dyed. Send her a picture of my fingers. Sarah says, great idea. A camera sound clicks. Kelly had the tips of her fingers and thumbs, each dyed different colors. Together, they show the colors of a rainbow. The salon avatar said hers should last for up to 10 years before she needs a refresher. 
Though the popular treatment is called skin dyeing, the process involves much more than soaking skin in dye. Unlike tattoos, skin dyes are usually solid colors, replace skin color instead of blending with it, and do not scar. Skin dyeing is new and still expensive. The expense makes her one of the few who can afford it. The vibrant colors look good with her dark natural skin color. Her nails are painted the same color as her fingertips. A text pops up from her sister Crystal that says, Wow. Kelly smirks and walks through the mall inside the neighborhood complex in D.C. Snowflakes fall onto the transparent ceiling above. Wearing a shirt and skirt in the comfy 20 degrees Celsius inside, she holds her hands out like wings as she walks past people. At 3 p.m., the moods of the mallgoers are shifting. Many will be going home soon and hurry to grab dinner on their way. Kelly's day, on the other hand, is just starting. A femme with an all-body skin dye the color of apple-red winks at Kelly as she passes. Lots of telebots, remote controlled by Humes, walk the promenade. Some wear business clothes and even wigs. Their bulb-shaped heads covered with display shells show the heads of their operators. The newer robot heads can shape change to better resemble their controller. Lots of people use them these days. Government employees use them to work in D.C. Even the least known representatives are scared to show themselves in public. Neighborhood complexes are considered safer, but people use telebots for remote work and networking even here. Kelly says, get me home. Sarah says, sure thing, sweet stuff. A scooter soundlessly rolls up beside her. Handlebars absent, it maintains its balance even when stopped. She sits with her knees together and feet resting on the platform in front. Armrests rise and the scooter whisks her home. The door to her condo is on a balcony five stories above the canal, where people can ride on boats. After she steps off the scooter in front of her door, the scooter glides away. Sarah says, let me get the door for you. The door opens. Kelly's two-bedroom condo is the least expensive in the neighborhood complex, and this neighborhood complex is small compared to others. Yet she spends what most people consider to be a fortune just to live here. Her NC is all in one building. It recycles and harvests all its water. It handles all its waste, and it generates 64% of the power it needs. Right next to a giantess production and distribution tower, Kelly's NC has direct shipping tubes. What many like about NCs is the one thing Kelly doesn't entirely love. It feels like she must go out of her way to leave. She used to tool about D.C. more and feel attached to its streets, but now she has to take a train or a cab out of her N.C. just to visit other parts of D.C. But she'd never move out. Her work days end at midnight. They say assaults and rapes are rare these days, with cameras everywhere and everyone's location known all the time. That doesn't change the fact that she dreads commuting alone at night. People may not mug her or expose themselves, but they sure don't mind leering at her. So when she learned about the in-home rig she was ready to buy, she grabs some leftover takeout and sits on a puff cushion in her bedroom. When she first moved in, all she had was two bags of stuff. People don't own much these days. Why buy things when at any time you can step into a world that has everything you could want? But she must get some furniture soon. This is embarrassing. She pulls on her full-body haptic suit. When she takes off her AR glasses, she feels that weird feeling, like she's just turned off most of her senses. She feels like a ship captain in fog, steering a boat without radar. They call it voidance. It's a strong feeling of flying blind, and she can get it just by taking a short break from AR. With her canal link, she still has audio AR, but tell that to her feelings. In her rig room, she climbs up into the harness, straps in, dons boots and gloves, and lowers the headset over her head. 
All systems switch on and take her to the virtual environment where she floats over a featureless land, looking over the icons that float in front of her. She says, start work. The environment changes. The words lolly industries appear then fade. Her rig moves her into a standing position. She now stands in a shiny lobby where others come and go. A lolly industry sign adorns a wall. The avatar Pam walks toward Kelly and says, you're here early. Your first appointment isn't for another half hour. Can I help you? Kelly says, no, just notify me when I'm called. Pam nods and says, certainly. Pam is built on a generic answering service AI and is limited in her conversational abilities. Fine with Kelly since Pam serves as Kelly's manager. Seriously, Kelly never wants to work for a Hume manager ever again. The whole idea of a Hume boss feels barbaric to her, a person whose job it is to tell you what to do. Yuck. Kelly logs into mermaid logic and plays on easy mode while she waits to get called. Swimming around in the deep ocean eases her mind. Because she's a mermaid, all the fish approach her with curiosity. Sometimes a wrecked ship sinks past her on the way to the bottom. That can be scary when the faces of the drowned stare out port windows. Sarah says, Starchild, you're getting a call to remote operate from Lolly Industries. Kelly says, take it. The rig repositions her as her environment and body change. She feels a moment of excitement. The large room has a wood-beam ceiling and old carpet. A man with worry wrinkles, dressed in a bland color shirt and khakis, sits on a dining chair facing her where she sits on the couch. She waits for him to say something. Finally, she says, I'm here now. He shifts back and says, oh, hello. She says, where are we? He says, this is a cabin. I rented a cabin for our, for our time together. She says, that's nice. He sits up straighter and seems a little more comfortable. She holds her arms out and looks at them. She says, mind if I look in the mirror on the wall? I've never been in this model before. He nods eagerly and says, sure. She stands and walks to the mirror. The doll looks stylized just enough to avoid an uncanny valley. She pinches an arm and feels fleshy elasticity. Her expression comes through on the doll's face. She says, what model is this? He says, oh, it's the Danzen 5. She turns to him, tilts her head emphatically and says, really? Wow, I've heard of these. Very nice. He leans back with surprise and says, oh, thank you. The AI it comes with is missing something. He stares at nothing and says, I don't know what it is. She says, I know what you mean. They chat a bit more and eventually get intimate. Undressed in the bedroom with him lying on top of her, she says, like this so far. He says, well, she says, you can tell me, just say it how you think it. He says, you don't move enough. She says, I can move more. She wiggles underneath him. He says, no, I mean with more force. The AI had the same problem. I was hoping you'd be stronger. She says, I did notice that about this model. I can't control that on my end, but you can go into settings and adjust that. He says, I'm not sure how to do that. She says, I can talk you through it. He sits on the edge of the bed and puts his AR glasses on. As he makes air gestures, she talks him through using the app. She says, did your password work? He says, yes. Oh, I can name her. She says, yes. Okay, click on settings. He air taps and nods. She says, look for strength. He says, found it. She says, what's it set to? He says, 0.5. She says, well, there you go. She's a wimp. He says, should I turn it to max? She says, no, don't do that. Let's see. Do you want her to beat you at arm wrestling or not beat you at arm wrestling? He sits saying nothing for seconds. She says, 
Let's set her just below beating you at arm wrestling, and we can always adjust her later. He smiles appreciatively and says, Yes, that sounds good. They end up adjusting her strength to a 2.8. The next morning, she gets a text from her sister that says, Come meet us in the rec zone. She says, Sarah, text my sister back that I'm on my way and take me to the rec zone. Sarah says, sure thing, sunshine. Taking the worker's line is the fastest way. Are you okay with that? Kelly says, sure. Why wouldn't I be okay with that? You don't need to answer that. The neighborhood complex employs people like daycare providers, trainers, and event hosts. However, employees who work for an NC can't afford to live there. And in many cases, they can't afford to live in the surrounding area either. Instead of paying them more, NCs started providing apartments for them. These apartments are each one medium-small room located on basement floors and have no windows. Connected corridors give the employees access to where they work and outside of the NC, but employees don't have access to any other part of the NC. They don't get to use the NC stores, restaurants, pools, gyms, parks, or clubs. If an employee loses their job, they lose their apartment. Under these conditions, people stopped working for NCs. That's when neighborhood complexes established rec zones. The employees have their own trains that take them from living units to rec zones just outside the NCs. Rec zones have spaces for businesses, indoor and outdoor markets, stages, parks, pea patches, co-ops, rides, fairgrounds, and much more. Shadow market activity happens there. NCs provide the land, but leave development to employees. Each rec zone is different and some flourish while others fail. They don't cater to the rich, but that doesn't stop the rich from visiting regularly. It seems like the new, hot fashions and latest crazes come out of the zones. VR parks started in a rec zone. In VR parks, people wearing glasses or headsets can move around a virtual reality overlaid a physical environment. As an example, someone can walk across a plank in a virtual world and walk across a real plank in the park. If they fall, they fall in the VR world and the real world at the same time. The immersion is amazing, and the parks cost little to make. Kelly takes an elevator down to the employee station. As soon as she steps onto the platform, she feels the tension of people noticing her and avoiding looking at her. She feels overdressed in her most casual coat, white faux fur with black spots and golden fur around the collar. Others wear uniforms under shabby winter coats. One femme brushes frazzled bangs from her eyes. Not two years ago, Kelly would have envied these people. You can't say they have it bad. When the city loses power, they still have power like the condo owners in the NC. They make less than her, but more than data farmers. She works hard pleasing other peeps, just like they do. With astonishment, she realizes her hands are showing and her rainbow fingertips stand out for all to see. In residential areas of the NC, she likes to show them off, but now they seem like too much. How many months' salary would someone here need to pay for this dye job? Maybe a year's worth? She puts her hands deep into her coat pockets. The train comes, everyone shuffles on, and down the tube it goes. A man's pant leg cuffs rise off his shoes, revealing pipes instead of ankles. He has rainbow-colored freckles all over his cheeks that look quite nice. A young femme plays with a rat-slash-dog chimera as it climbs on her arm. It looks like a little, elongated Labrador as it shakes its head and wags its tail. The motion-smeared walls pass and sunlight floods the train car. Everyone's glasses darken. The train slows on an open platform looking down to the fairground. People act happier. Those sitting stand before the train stops. 
As Kelly steps off, a young femme says, I love your skin dye. Kelly shrugs and says, Oh, thank you. Sarah says, That was nice. Fashion queen, follow the arrows to Crystal. I can turn on community AR like last time. Kelly says, Yes, please. AR flyers and posters cover available spaces like lampposts and the backsides of food stands. Making sure not to run into or cut off anyone, she notices the missing pet flyers. How sad. When visiting the rec zone, you simply must turn on community AR. It always adds to the experience. Anyone can post, and each post only lasts a month. Her favorite posters are for theater performances. It also puts advertisement banner planes up in the sky, which those against commercialism complain about. Kelly just ignores the planes. The zone is only moderately crowded. Two out of three spaces are empty in the open market. The air stings her face when the wind blows. She's supposed to meet Crystal by the VR park. The arrows lead her down some railroad tie steps where she spots Crystal with her new girlfriend. Inside the food mart, she sits down at their table before they see her. She says, Hi, sis. Crystal turns around and says, You scared me. Shoot, how are you? Crystal has cut her hair super short, and it looks gorgeous on her, because of course it does. Crystal says, Kel, this is Pete. She gestures to a butch femme leaning back in her chair. Kelly says, Nice to finally meet you. Pete nods slowly and says, Yeah, I'm glad we can finally meet. She wears a baseball cap and a puffy jacket. Crystal hands Kelly a cardboard tray and says, I brought you some mushrooms we grow. We have cherry, peach, and strawberry. Rows of mushrooms fill the tray. By the colors, Kelly can tell what flavors they are. She hesitates. Crystal says, go ahead, try one. We grow them in our basement. Like you haven't eaten anything fungi-based. They're high in nutrients and vitamins. Kelly selects a bright red one and tries a bite. It tastes like a sweet strawberry, but the texture is a little different. She laughs and says, wow. Pete says, it has strawberry DNA spliced into it, so in a way, it is a strawberry. Kelly says, wow, thanks. Is this part of the self-sustainer movement you guys are part of? Crystal and Pete look at each other. Crystal says, pretty much. It's a lot easier than it sounds. We just need to look after everything. Pete says, we haven't spent any money this week. Kelly says, but you still data farm, right? Crystal says, only because it's free money. We let Navigator record our online activity. I don't even check how much I have in my account. Pete says, well, it isn't much, I can tell you. Crystal and Pete laugh together. Kelly says, have you heard of Jobs Navigator? You could land yourself a high-paying job. Pete and Crystal make eye contact, and Crystal laughs. No, but I am using Law Navigator. Have you heard of that? Kelly says, no. Crystal leans in and says, it turns assistant into a lawyer, and it says I have an 85% chance of winning a lawsuit against a games company who 3D scanned me and started selling use of that scan without paying me royalties. Pete leans forward and puts her elbows on the table. She says, she could get awarded lots of money, plus they'd have to pay her royalties. Kelly says, that's exciting, I hope you win, it's your looks. Crystal smiles, moves her eyebrows up and down, takes a cheery mushroom from the tray and bites halfway into it. Some cheery juice collects on her lips and she licks them. All three look through the windows at the VR park where kids play. It's an obstacle course made of old tires and other miscellaneous items secured in sand and ropes hanging from cables above. But to the kids, it's a thick jungle high above the ground. They must climb and jump from branch to branch and swing on vines. Crystal says, did you hear about the remote love bot operator? Kelly says, what, no, what is it? You know I don't follow the news these days. Crystal says, well, last night, 
I don't want to scare you, but a remote Lovebot operator was murdered in her apartment. One of her customers did it. Kelly says, She must have told him who she was while they were talking during one of their sessions. Her anonymity is protected on many levels. Pete says, No, she was using a private line to control the doll. That's how he found her information. Kelly feels anxious. She looks down and scowls. Crystal says, What's wrong? Kelly says, It's just that I use a private line with one of my clients. He didn't want us to go through the company anymore. He's in politics and doesn't want any third party having recordings of his sessions, even if those recordings are live encrypted and can only be opened in a court. Crystal says, Do you trust him? Kelly says, He was my first client. He pays me more, but he's always left me with a weird feeling. Remember when they shut down all the colleges? Everyone I know was so upset, but he acted happier and energized. He's the one who's in a bad mood when the news is good and in a good mood when the news is bad. And he says he works in politics. Pete says, he's not into silent films, is he? Both Crystal and Kelly say, what? Pete says, the killer on the news last night was into silent films. Kelly says, no. She feels vulnerable like she left her condo door wide open when she came to the zone. In her rig, Kelly logs into Newtopia, an open VR world. Going as a genie avatar wearing sheer garments that defy gravity, she arrives in a building managed by unions and nonprofits. Her beehive hairdo stands tall. The antiquated main lobby is mostly empty. Mosaics on the walls depict workers' struggles. One mosaic features gear-era clocks that tell current times from all the time zones. A man wearing blue coveralls covered in soot reads the directory board. Sarah says, The room is this way, brave soul. Blue arrows appear on the stone floor. Through the windows, a lush wilderness stretches out to hills and mountains, and birds fly past. In the hall, other avatars chat with each other. One is a bikini-clad bunny. Another is a vampire nurse with the edges of her panties visible just below her skirt. Kelly walks into the packed meeting room and finds a seat. As she sits, her rig allows her to move into a sitting position. A femme wearing tight-fitting military formal wear and holding a riding whip addresses everyone from the stage. I'm sure you're all here because of the news of our sister, whose life was taken while using a private line to connect with one of her clients. Deeply saddened, we are here because we are scared. Scared because most of us use private lines for at least one client. Her name was Janice Johnson, and she didn't have to die. I'm here to teach you how to prevent what happened to Janice from happening to you. First, you need to ask your client to allow you temporary administrator privileges to their doll. Do not agree to a private line until they grant you access. Once you have access and are in the doll's settings, there are 10 adjustments you need to make. But after they let you change the settings, what stops them from going back and undoing the changes when you no longer have access? In your upper left, you'll see a download icon for a tiny piece of software. When they do give you temporary administrator privileges, you need to install that software on their doll, so you'll always have backdoor access into the doll's settings, and you can periodically check to see that your client hasn't changed the settings. The speaker marches back and forth, striking her palm with the whip. She says, Don't ever let them suspect that you may have backdoor access to their doll. Some of you may be tempted to fuss with the settings once you have access at any time, but listen closely. That's a bad idea. At the very least, you'll lose that client. In case you live under a rock, I'll tell you. Everyone's sue happy using Law Navigator these days. Your client may sue you, so heed my warning. 
only use the back door access to check on the settings from time to time. James leaves his mansion through the back and bikes up a path. Dogbots walk the property. His wife is attending some church function, his two sons are plugged into VR in their rooms, and his daughter is away at Christian College. When he reaches the guest house, he leans the bike against a porch post. The door clicks as he nears and he goes through it taking small steps. Aging hasn't softened his face. Lights come on in the foyer, hall, and stairway. As he ascends the stairs, the second-story hall lights come on. When he nears the door at the end of the hall, an AR keypad appears floating in the air. He air types an eight-digit code, and the door unlocks. In the bedroom with a floral theme, he takes a deep breath, the deepest breath he's taken all day. He shuts the door and feels the lock click. The room is soundproof. He walks to the wardrobe and opens the doors. His doll stands inside, eyes open, looking forward. Its main computer under many synthetic layers clicks on, and a fan starts, barely audible. Its posture shifts as motors come online. She turns her head, looks at him, and says, Why, hi there, I was just thinking of you. He says, No talking, sit on the bed. As she does as he says, he air taps, swipes, and taps. He says, Becky? On the other end of the line, Kelly says, I'm here, causing the doll to say, I'm here. He watches the doll's face. When the smile fades and the doll looks up with a hint of a hurt expression, he feels aroused. Later, after they hump a couple of times, they lie back on the bed. The doll caresses his head where hair implants give him a full hairdo. He says, you help me relax. My wife had me go to a therapist, but I could never relax around her. The doll says, you seem happy today? He looks up at the ceiling, showing his teeth with a smile and says, well, it's a special time. Something great is going to happen soon. She says, really? He stretches and says, yes, but I can't tell you anymore. Just know that things that were planned out years ago will finally come to fruition very soon. She says, wow, you sound excited about it. Kelly rides an exercise bike in a gym where only one other person works out. Because weight loss and muscle building meds have made the population lean, exercise is going out of style. Kelly exercises to lower her stress and help her sleep better at night. That's what she tells people. What she doesn't tell people is the meds make her depressed, so she takes half the recommended dosage and must exercise to keep the kilos off. She rides in front of two-way glass that looks out at a promenade with a large fountain. People come and go from the promenade. She comes here at 11 and watches the lunch crowd. The femme on the treadmill across the room cries out and falls to the side. A bot with a towel draped over one arm walks over to her, saying, Is everything okay? Kelly climbs off her bike and jogs to the femme. She says, Everything okay? The woman sits on the floor on her shins and bursts into tears. Light leaks from behind her glasses. She keeps saying, No, no, they can't do that. Through the wall of glass, Kelly can see people near the fountain change from relaxed to agitated. People stop mid-walk with light leaking from their glasses. A femme drops her bags and runs. Strangers speak emphatically with each other, moving their arms and shaking their heads. Two men appear to argue. Many people run through the court. Kelly says, what is it? The femme on the floor says, the news. Sarah says, pumpkin, the way the general population is reacting to a news event indicates an emergency. Should I show you the news event? Kelly says, yes, a stream plays. The Supreme Court has ruled in favor of the family-friendly case. 
What does this ruling mean for the American people? The case will make all public spaces family-friendly. The stream shows people running down courthouse halls. A truck drives up on a lawn and through the front of a building. A femme with rainbow ribbons is hauled off by police spots. But what does family-friendly mean? We have journalists reading over the case at this very moment. Indications of romantic or sexual interests, other than those leading to producing a family the natural way, can be punished. What about the LGBTQ plus community? Challenging gender roles will be considered hostile to families. But I was raised by two moms, and all my friends are envious of my upbringing. What counts as public demonstrations of attraction? How about private clubs? Even the Supreme Court judges are at a loss as to everything this case establishes. Kelly shakes her head. She walks forward until she hits the glass, holding her stomach as if someone punched her. Never has she felt so much dread. Is America collapsing? Across the nation, streets are in disarray. A brick flies through a school window where a rainbow flag hangs. Men with torches make faces and shake their guns in the air. They shout, down with femmes, down with femmes. A preacher standing on stage in front of band equipment shouts, today is a great day for our Lord. Our Lord has said enough is enough. An old black man shakes a foldable and shouts at the camera. This included race-related institutions, and I quote, will not make our children feel guilty. Black history museums shall close and their signs removed from public view. It says it right here. Kelly slowly pounds the glass with her fists. The other femme scurries out of the room. The bot turns to Kelly and says, Do you need help? Can I get you water? Kelly hurries into the police station, which is in chaos. People can't help but push each other, as many arrive while many try to exit. So many have wounds. It sucks nurses aren't here. If Kelly had known, she'd have brought first aid supplies to give out. With few exceptions, no one looks like they belong here. They look like artists and college kids. Have the young been targeted for arrest? She stands in line. When she reaches the reception counter, she says to the bot, I'm here for Crystal Bryant and Pete, Pete. I don't know Pete's last name. The bot sitting at an empty desk says, Do you mean Penelope Burgers? She was arrested along with Mrs. Bryant for the same charge. Kelly says, Yes, probably. She squints and scowls, breathing rapidly. The bot says, You can give them a message or you can pay their bail. Kelly says, I'll pay their bail. A charge notice appears and she air taps it to pay. The bot says, You can go down Hall C to wait. She sits and waits, pressing her nails into the skin on her arm. A femme sitting next to her cries and says, They shut down my uncle's secular wedding chapel. From down the hall, Crystal calls out, Kel! Crystal and Pete walk toward Kelly, avoiding all the other humes and cop bots. Kelly stands as they reach her. She says, What happened? Pete says, We were arrested for holding hands. Kelly shakes her head and says, No. Crystal says, Someone told me they can arrest Pete for looking butch. Cop bots are being updated to spot non-binaries. Pete says, land of the free, people are going to riot. Crystal says, hey sis? Kelly says, what? Crystal says, you should do something about those. She briefly grasps Kelly's rainbow-colored fingertips. Kelly says, no. Crystal says, yes, at least wear gloves for now. James sits in bed, leaning against the backboard. His doll sits in the bed next to him, moving as if it breathes. Sometimes it turns to look at him. James holds a bottle as it rests against his leg. He holds a tumbler in the other hand, sometimes chuckling. 
The sky through the window grows darker. The doll jerks, pauses, and looks over at him with that ambiguous hurt expression. He says, Becky, is that you? Who else could it be, right? Ha ha, took you long enough. The doll says, I hadn't planned to meet with you today. We've never met on a Wednesday before. He holds up his glass and says, Yeah, well, we're celebrating. Thanks for coming at last notice. It's a big night for me. His eyelids slump and his head falls forward before he straightens up and opens his eyes wide. I'm sorry I can't offer you a drink. Ha <laughs> ha. The doll repositions itself so it sits with its legs folded into the side. It closes its hands to hide its fingertips. Then it looks at its hands, flattens them, and pets one hand with the other. It says, What are we celebrating? He says, Ha. He goes silent for a moment. Whatever he's drinking is overtaking him fast. He says, Some things take years to make happen. Did you know that? The work I did for years, for years I tell you, is only now yielding results, and you know. You know, I'm not used to the praise. They think I just pulled it out of my ass, my hat, my hat ass. But this has been years in the making. The doll says, You made some waves lately. He chuckles and says, Yes, you don't even know, but the biggest wave is yet to come. I always said if you're going to sabotage a party, you need to completely end them. Otherwise, it just makes them stronger. That's all it does. You can't just trip up the other side. You must end them. He nods in agreement with himself. The doll says, you're excited about what will come. He rolls his head back and says, oh my God, yes, just wait until election season. The doll says, what's going to happen this election season? He says, oh, I can't tell you. Those drones that took out the Supreme Court judges, so we had to get new ones. He notices the doll watching him and grins as his eyes water. The doll says, you knew about the drones? He shrugs and says, that was me. I planned it. I hired some kid from, I don't know, to build those drones out of stuff you can order on Giantess. When it worked, I didn't believe it. It worked. He leans forward, but instead of the doll's eyes following him, the doll remains perfectly still. It doesn't even move like it's breathing. He says, are you still with me? In her rig, Kelly presses both big toes down at once and touches her thumbs together, opening the backdoor app. She hyperventilates as she hurries through the doll setting, trying tabs and scrolling. Not sound. Not speed. Where is it? Somehow she ends up in the eye color menu. She hits the back arrow. Again. Again. Job application. Is that it? Strength. There it is. She reaches for the strength dial and turns it from 0.6 all the way up to 10. She hits save and close. The backdoor app closes. Her rig changes her position and puts her back in the doll. He's staring at his bare feet. His tumbler is full again. He looks up at her with swimming eyes and says, There you are. She reaches for his throat and takes hold of it. They fall off the bed. The rig tumbles Kelly. She grips tight so she won't lose her hold on him. Face twitching, he punches the doll's chest and kicks its legs. The skin on his neck tears. Blood soaks his shirt and spills down on the carpet. It oozes between the doll's fingers. His face inflates and turns purple. Kelly screams. The doll screams. Kelly squeezes and the tissue in his neck gives. She squeezes and her grip around his neck grows smaller. She feels snapping and crushing. His tongue comes out of his mouth. His eyes bulge and go completely bloodshot. The twitching in his face stops. He goes limp. Kelly lies on the floor in her empty living room. Sarah says, Star child, your sister is calling. Kelly says, Answer. Crystal says, Kelly, where are you? I thought you'd be at the protest. 
Kelly rolls over and says, I'm not feeling well. Crystal says, it's been more than a week. You should use Health Navigator. Have you heard of that? Kelly moans and says, no, I'm just waiting for them to come and arrest me. Crystal says, what are you talking about? Kelly says, how do I leave the country? Crystal says, Kelly, Kelly, I'm worried about you. Thank you for listening. Please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe so that more future-minded people can find this show. My landing page is in 20xx.com. There, you can find the companion website to this podcast that includes an illustrated timeline and glossary.